0: This is Plant-Based Briefing, Is It Possible to Fully Embrace Yoga Without Going Vegan? by Karen Asp at VegetarianTimes.com and I'm your host Marian Erickson and this is the Curated Content Plant-Based Podcast. For people who are interested in the many various reasons to be plant-based and live vegan without a whole lot of time, what I do is research and find some of the best content out there, get permission and read it to you here in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. Today's article is by Karen Asp. She's a journalist, author, vegan, eco-minded yogi, among other things. She writes for a variety of publications, and I've read a few of her articles previously on the podcast. Today's is one that she wrote for Vegetarian Times. They're a magazine that's been the plant-based lifestyle authority since 1974. They have recipes and news for vegans, vegetarians, and the veg-curious. They've got an online platform at VegetarianTimes.com, and you can join as a member there as well and receive meal plans, fitness plans and courses, cooking courses and challenges, just a huge wealth of services. So check them out at VegetarianTimes.com. And now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Is it possible to fully embrace yoga without going vegan? By Karen Asp at VegetarianTimes.com. Two years ago, I traveled to Belize to report on a specialized yoga instructor workshop. I've practiced yoga for some time and took for granted that I wouldn't be the only vegan in the group. Yet when we gathered for meals, I observed all the other participants eating meat and animal products. I was shocked. In my mind, being a vegan yoga practitioner seemed intuitive, an embrace of the yogic concept of ahimsa, which calls for not harming others. But I was the outsider in the group, the one who wasn't an instructor. Maybe I was wrong. After all, many people come to yoga solely for its fitness benefits and may not even know about the philosophical aspects. Nonetheless, long after I filed my story about the workshop, I still wanted to know, what does yoga really teach about being vegan? The Roots of Ahimsa Yoga, of course, is a centuries-old practice. What we consider classical yoga comes to us from the writings called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, compiled at some point between 500 BCE and 400 CE. His yoga system was and still is regarded by many as one of the six philosophical systems of ancient India, says Sharon Gannon, founder of the Jivamukti Yoga Method and author of several books including Yoga and Veganism, The Diet of Enlightenment. Although Patanjali's book is brief, in Chapter 2 he establishes something called the Eight Limbs. Think of the limbs as an eight-step plan to attain yoga, where the definition of yoga is being able to join or connect. To connect with God, the eternal blissful source, is the ultimate yoga, Ganon says. What is realized in the yogic state of enlightenment is the oneness of being, but to get there, Patanjali suggests that you first connect well with others. The first limb of that eight-step plan focuses on the yamas, a Sanskrit term that means restriction. In the context of the eight limbs of yoga, yamas pertain to restrictions of one's behavior in relation to others. Ganon says, "There are five yamas: ahimsa, non-harming, satya, truthfulness, asteya, non-stealing, brahmacharya, not to abuse others sexually, and aparigraha, lack of greed." All of the five yamas, not just ahimsa, can be applied to how we are treating other animals, Gannon says. The standard American diet is a meat-and-dairy-based diet that involves harm, lies, theft, sexual abuse, and greed. When Holly Scotus, founder of Yoga is Vegan and host of a weekly clubhouse room about yoga and veganism, took her first teacher training, Ahimsa was taught. But it had a different interpretation. It was more about being kind to yourself without an acknowledgment of all sentient beings, she says. According to Ganon, that understanding Scotus encountered, that Ahimsa should apply to how one treats oneself, is a misreading. Instead, she points out the second yama of the eight limbs is niyama, containing five observances that outline how a person should treat themselves. Ahimsa isn't one of them. If Patanjali intended Ahimsa to be applied to how a person treats themselves, he would have placed it in Niyama, Ganon says. Patanjali intended it as a directive for aspiring yogis to practice in regard to their relationship with others, so they don't cause harm to others. Does one need to be vegan to fully embrace yoga? And so we return to my original question from that trip to Belize. Should yogis, especially those who teach yoga, always be vegan? Of course, I think the answer is yes, Scotus says, but while we're all moving toward this final destination of finding liberation, there are teachers for every student, and not every student will want to be vegan to practice yoga, nor should yoga exclude those who aren't vegan. For Scotus, though, her own choice is clear. While it's impossible to be in alignment with Ahimsa all the time, she says, when you start to uncover the practices that go into how food gets on your plate— you quickly understand that meat and dairy go against Ahimsa. Jivamukti Yoga, founded by Ganon, defines yoga as a path to enlightenment through compassion for all beings. Its foundation is based on five tenets, Ahimsa being one. Animal rights and veganism fall under the Ahimsa tenet and are an important part of the teachings that will be communicated by a Jivamukti yoga teacher, Ganon says, adding that Jivamukti welcomes anybody who has an interest in yoga even those who aren't yet vegan, to take its teacher training. She estimates that although most teachers who enroll aren't vegan, roughly 90% become vegan by the end of their training. You just listened to Is It Possible to Fully Embrace Yoga Without Going Vegan? by Karen Asp at TheBeat.com. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And I love this article. It makes so much sense. A lot of people may not want to face it. But meat, dairy, and eggs are incredibly cruel, especially dairy and eggs. I think they're the most cruel. Separating babies from mothers in the dairy industry and killing off the males, and in the egg industry, killing off all the male baby chicks as soon as they're born, definitely goes against Ahimsa. If you know anyone who practices yoga or teaches yoga, please share this episode with them. And they may also be interested in the Yoga is Vegan podcast. You can find that at yogaisvegan.com. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well as to the original article. And if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon, please jump over and leave a quick five-star review. That'll help other listeners decide to listen if they come across it. Thanks very much, and thank you for listening.